my my iPhone automatically prompts me with the alternative for okay to give a thumbs up emoji. It it is synonymous, uh, according to my iPhone, uh, with okay. So, you know, I think context is everything here. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beneath the Law. My name is Gavin Ty. I'm here with my partner and friend Stephen Teal. And hello, Gavin. Yeah, hello, Stephen. So you know, um, I was about to send you a big wavy hand, um, but uh, uh, we live in an age of pictograms uh, in communication uh, with social, you know, with everybody communicating by text and uh, not so much email anymore, but by text and other platforms. Um, Pictures, uh, you know, speak a thousand words, as they say, and cartoony pictures or emojis are how a lot of people communicate uh, in, our, in our digital age. Um, who needs to learn how to spell when you've got a big, fat, smiley face? So it's, it's modern hieroglyphics. <laughs> it's, well, that's right. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we need the Rosetta Stone sometimes to figure them out. But... In this particular instance, we see the creep of uh, emoji speak into the world and wonderful, wild and wonderful world of exciting contract law, particularly the most exciting contract world of all when we talk about grain contracts and who could <laughs> who could uh, constrain themselves uh, when thinking about these things. So uh, a case that kind of drew, frankly, international headlines uh, in the last little while came out of the province of Saskatchewan, where you might be shocked and amazed to find out that there were grain contracts in play. Um, in this particular instance, it was flax seeds. And, the, you know, one of the, the classic um, contracts, I suppose, is where the farmer or the producer agrees to sell the, the crop uh, at a fixed price. Uh, in the future, I mean, there was a there. The Chicago Exchange, for example, was set up uh, to take bets, for lack of a better word, on exactly that on all sorts of commodities. So that's a big risk. There's a big play there when you're a farmer and or a buyer of agricultural products, and you're buying at the beginning of the season uh, a crop to be produced and delivered at the end of the season. Because a lot of things can happen, of course, in a season. So, for example, if it doesn't rain that year, that crop could be pretty valuable by the bushel because there may not be much of it. On the other hand, when there are bumper crops, it can be pretty cheap. So there's lots of play between the price going one way or the other, and therefore lots of cold feet, I expect, in terms of contracts and people trying to get out of them. So the case that this came out of was a case called Southwest Terminal Limited versus Archer Land. Uh, and in that case, the plaintiff uh, was a buyer of flax seeds, and they sought summary judgment to enforce a contract that they said had been validly entered into for the supply of fax. flax, not fax. Um, these are the facts. That, that's an old this technology. This is the facts about gammon. the flax. <laughs> so the uh, the the way the way they undertook their business, which is not that unusual, I suppose, in this day and age is that there was a contract flipped over to the producer, uh, terms and conditions, the big one probably being price. Um, and producer uh, responded with a thumbs up emoji. Um, and the question for the court was, 
is that a contract? Was there, I think just narrowing it down for our listeners, I mean, the lawyers out there, sorry about this, but the three key elements of any contract are offer, acceptance, and consideration. Um, consideration uh, was not an issue here. The question was, was the thumbs up emoji sufficient evidence of acceptance of the terms of the agreement such that a valid and binding contract was in place and that the producer was obligated to deliver at the price set out in the agreement. That's the nutshell of uh, of that case. Uh, you know, you explain the uh, Chicago uh, exchange. It reminds me of the movie uh, Trading Places in a way uh, with respect to the oranges and, and the hedging on that. But um, yeah, the, a very uh, interesting case, Gavin, because of... Uh, you know, the modern use of uh, emojis um, to signify things in a, uh, you know, that created a, a binding contract. Um, you have that text message that's sent and the thumbs up emoji being sent back uh, and the court looking at uh, at this. Now, the defendant basically had the uh, uh, argued before the court that the thumbs up uh, was merely an indication that they had received the contract. And the court uh, basically ruled uh, the other way and said, no, that was an indication that you had accepted the contract. Uh, what I find, uh, I guess, specific um, uh, uh, to this case was that there was a long-term relationship between the buyer and the supplier, and that that may have influenced the court's decision um, uh, with respect to finding that the thumbs-up emoji did signify acceptance of the offer uh, because uh, they had dealt uh, with one another for, I guess, 10 years or more uh, via text uh, messages or, or you know, uh, other forms uh, with respect to their contract. Uh, and uh, the buyer had always given a very curt response uh, and there were never any issues with respect to the supply of flax or other grains, uh, and that uh, they had entered contracts in a very, very similar fashion. So in some respects, uh, uh, while, as you said, this uh, case has, uh, I think, garnered uh, some international uh, attention, um, uh, it also may be narrow in some respects because uh, as we know, the law of contracts is built um, in terms of interpreting when a contract is entered, uh, some surrounding circumstances, and the overall uh, custom of usage, um, as well, uh, uh, sometimes between parties or within specific industries. And I think uh, uh, those factors, the length of the relationship and the way that contracts had been entered before, uh, this one being the first time that an emoji was used, was particularly influential in in the court's decision. Yeah, I mean, I think I think your point is, and I think this is important as well. While this may seem like some sort of earth shattering and groundbreaking decision, there's nothing new here. Um, the court uh, in the Saskatchewan case looked at the things that a court should look at when dealing with an interpretation of a contract, and that was directed by our Supreme Court of Canada in, in a case called Satfa which is that they look at all of the surrounding circumstances in interpreting the uh, whether the, the contract was valid or not. In this particular instance, there'd been a long history between these parties of buying and selling grain. Um, and in years gone by, 
uh, there had been the assent of the uh, supplier with words like yup, like Y-U-P, or looks good, or okay, um, and that was enough, uh, and the contract had been performed. <clears throat> also importantly, uh, obviously, there were more terms to the agreement than that, and in this instance, what they did in the, and always done is flipped over the standard form agreement, which the court referred to as boilerplate, which never changed, and was the same one used in the emoji contract. Um, and and uh, the assent was given by the words, okay, or yup. Now, interestingly, uh, the evidence in the case indicated that um, the emoji was sent from an iPhone. And just curiously, before we came on to do a recording, they checked out my own phone. My, my iPhone automatically prompts me with the alternative for okay to give a thumbs up emoji. It, it is synonymous, uh, according to my iPhone, uh, with okay. So, you know, I think context is everything here. Um, and I don't think that there's anything particularly um, unusual about the case other than it made for, a, you know, a kind of a cute little pictogram, as you put it, for, for media to pick up on. But the question for the court was, was there evidence of consent to the terms and conditions of the agreement? And the court found that in the context of the commercial relationship uh, between the parties established over many years, that the emoji was certainly as good as an okay. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, as, as we become more and more modern or as uh, technology uh, influences our lives more and more, um, I think we're going to see uh, uh, an increase in cases like this one. Uh, you know, you mentioned in terms of the iPhone automatically populating the word okay or uh, with the suggestion of using the thumbs up emoji. That was important to the court, that that was basically the uh, accepted definition of the thumbs up emoji. And, you know, when, uh, when you interpret contracts in law, you can certainly rely upon dictionary definitions. Uh, you know, and, and this one, I guess, being an online definition of, uh, of uh, what uh, was most commonly meant by the uh, thumbs up emoji, emoji as influencing the case. The, the other interesting thing, and, uh, uh, you know, we've had this question uh, fairly recently as well, uh, is creating a contract through electronic means. And just clicking on a box um, uh, on a, uh, you know, let's say a fitness uh, uh, membership uh, to waive your risks uh, and, and liabilities uh, uh, for, uh, you know, if something happens to you while you're working out at the gym, uh, you click on that waiver, that that constitutes a valid signification uh, of an agreement without uh, any words. It's just the click in the box. Uh, so uh, legislation has certainly been um, implemented in most provinces. Saskatchewan has uh, uh, the Electronic Information and Documents Act. Other provinces have similar legislation uh, that permit a contract to be entered into uh, electronically, um, and and certainly in this case as well, uh, from a contracts law perspective, the boring contracts law, uh, you don't need to necessarily sign an agreement to enter into a contract, right? A series of email exchanges or text message exchanges uh, can signify a valid uh, offer and acceptance uh, uh, of a contract. But, uh, you know, 
looking at this um, a little bit more closely, uh, Gavin, I came across a bunch of other cases that have had very similar uh, results in the court. So this is, a, you know, we thought it was a groundbreaking case. Maybe it is for Canada, but um, they've been dealing with cases like this in Israel uh, and the United States for a number of years now. Uh, yeah, for sure. And in, in the Israeli case, it was uh, basically they were communicating uh, by emoji uh, in terms of um, renting an apartment. Um, and the the landlord, apparently relying on the very positive emojis from the prospective tenant, took the, the apartment off the market. Uh, and the court found, no, uh, you, had, you gave that representation by via emoji uh, to to the landlord for the purposes of it being relied upon, and therefore you're responsible for it. Um, that's interesting. I mean, it, it's an interesting uh, question. Uh, you know, I think about this. I mean, I know another case in British Columbia. I don't know if you're familiar with this case. A case called Johal, but that that case similarly dealt with the automatically populated email signature uh, being sufficient as an acknowledgement of acceptance or acknowledge, in this particular case, it was acknowledgement of a debt, which in British Columbia law extended the limitation period to sue on that debt. So it was good enough that you sent an email with your, with your automatic signature on it to, to acknowledge the fact that you owed the money and thereby uh, prolonged the limitation period. Uh, I think that there's a bigger issue here. And as I thought about all of this, I was thinking about this as more of a, societal uh, aspect. And, you know, oftentimes we talk about things about how things have changed and the, the pace of change and how quickly things have changed. You know, it wasn't that long ago when you, with great flourish and fanfare, you'd pull out the red seals and the poor wax or put your signet ring on the, on an agreement to show it was signed under seal and all these great formalities. And I think we, we, we cluck and laugh at that a bit in our, you know, in our digital age. Um, but maybe there's something to that. Maybe that formality or that take out the quill pen and, you know, have five witnesses to the signature. Maybe there's a moment of, uh, uh, you know, cold, sober second thought and reflection that you've actually considered the terms of the agreement. And I'm, you know, I have to confess, I've been practicing law for 30 years. I mean, I don't know anyone that actually reads the terms and conditions of an online agreement when they're clicking, like for example, when you download an app, do you agree to the terms and conditions? Everybody just clicks it. Nobody reads it. Um, there's no con and to going back to our our Latin uh, law school. There's no consensus ad idem in the sense of a meeting of the minds. I have no idea what I'm agreeing to. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit of formality in contracts is not a bad idea. Well, so, uh, certainly in in well. Consumers have protections uh, under consumer uh, protection legislation with respect to entering, you know, standard form contracts uh, on the spot. Because you're right. Look, uh, mo most people don't read them, uh, and one, the print is so small that you can't read it anyway. Uh, uh, you know, but commercial contracts, um, certainly, you know, they're serious agreements, and they should have more formality, uh, I suppose. Uh, but, uh, you know, here we are, uh, people are dealing with each other in a much more informal way uh, uh, nowadays. And uh, uh, what one person 
believed was their intent with respect to answering back a text message with a uh, thumbs up emoji uh, uh, proved wrong. I don't think the court believed them, uh, to be honest. I think that what happened was the reality was it was they were happy, perfectly happy with the deal in the spring and then the price moved against them by the fall and they didn't want to do it. So they, and look, it raises, I had a client years ago who said something to me, which has always stuck with me in terms of contracts. And they said, you know, um, contracts only matter when people break them. And, and true words have actually never been spoken. If everybody did what they said they were going to do, uh, you wouldn't need any contracts, you probably wouldn't need any lawyers. Um, it's only when people don't do what they had agreed to do that the contract ever is probably pulled out of the dusty drawer and read, often, I would have to confess uh, for a lot of people for the first time, as to what, what did I actually agree to? Um, and then they're looking at it in hindsight and saying, boy, I wish I had, that was different. Oh, I, I, I don't disagree with that. But uh, uh, Gavin, I think people have to be very careful in uh, in how they use emojis because, um, you know, different people- That's the people... informality of it. That, that's the point. It, it's so easy now to agree it's so easy to click. It's so much easier, for example, when you're downloading an app to just click it and say yes. Saying yes is the is the path of least resistance on in online contracts. Um, but be careful because they are contracts and they will be enforced. Right, but at at uh, at the same time, people need to be careful because different cultures um, use emojis or emojis mean different things in, in, to different people. Uh, uh, you know, which is interesting, right? It's, uh, you know, part of this, uh, Israeli case talks about, uh, you know, Chinese people mean something different when they send you an emoji. Oh, okay. Sure. I mean, interpretation of language is important. I mean, if, if emojis are the new emerging universal language, which is an interesting point because they do transcend all, um, uh, written or spoken language, um, they everybody understands, I think, what a smiley face means, or maybe they don't. Um, but are we going to have a, an emoji dictionary? Um, <laughs> that's not, perhaps. <laughs> oh, we, we seem to have it online. Yeah, gonna, well, that's right. And, and, um, and an, an emoji dictionary in context, uh, because you could have sarcastic emojis, for example. Uh, I mean, that's how archaeologists make their money when they're uh, uh, reading uh, Egyptian uh, pictographs. Yeah, I come back to the, we need the Rosetta Stone for emojis. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, Gavin, it, it's just not, uh, look, it's not confined to contract law, right? There's uh, now a case before uh, the courts in the United States, um, you know, which is a basically a securities a fraud case uh, in some respects or a um, material misrepresentation uh, case uh, over a uh, investor, a well-renowned investor, uh, sending out an emoji um, uh, with respect to buying Bed and Bath and Beyond stock uh, that, uh, you know, uh, what was it, the moon, uh, the moon emoji which uh, is now part of a lawsuit because that was an indication to uh, uh, potential investors that, oh, take me to the moon. This is a stock that I should be buying. And then it turned around, uh, turned out that the investor, uh, the person who sent out this text message with that moon emoji, smiling moon emoji, actually sold his stock, Bed and uh, Bath and Beyond tanked, right? He made $68 million dollars. 
left uh, other investors holding the bag, and now the company is bankrupt. Yeah, the old pump and dump by emoji. Um, so yeah, that those those types. I mean, it is it is a way of communication. I think that uh, anyone who thinks that, despite the way it looks, that it will not be taken seriously by the courts is mistaken. Um, we may be we may be chuckling about the medium and the message here, but uh, these are these are real uh, these are real issues. And in that in the in the I think it was Ryan Cohn was the investor you're talking about. In that case, I mean, real people lost real money. I mean, this this is serious. Um, uh, this is serious stuff in terms of real people, you know, losing their life savings um, because of an emoji. It sounds kind of funny, but that's real pain uh, that caused real harm. And uh, I think people need to be uh, aware of the fact that while there is a great informality in clicking the emoji. Um, that it can have real impacts uh, later on on not only you yourself in terms of a contract being enforced like our flax seed case, uh, but on other people as well. Um, and that's the world we live in. Yeah, no, it's it's. I'm just uh, was reading the uh, the decision of the court uh, from Washington, uh, uh, you know, and it really stands out. Uh, this is the judge's uh, you know direct quote from the judgment. Emojis can be actionable if they communicate an idea that would otherwise be actionable. A fraudster may not escape liability simply because he used an emoji. Just like words, liability will turn on the emoji's particular meaning and context. So people really need to be careful, um, you know, when they're communicating with one another and then adding uh an emoji. I mean, people will interpret that very differently. Uh, and uh, the last thing that you want is uh, for a court to decide what uh, what that necessarily actually means. And although this is a purely audio podcast, let me say that I've got a big thumbs up emoji for that last comment uh, and uh, uh, punctuated by several smiley faces. So... Um, <laughs> Once again, uh, thank you all very much for taking the time to listen to this episode of Beneath the Law. We hope that you will follow us. Uh, please give us uh, a rating uh, on your uh, platform of choice. Uh, please Including send us- thumbs up emojis. Yeah, we take thumbs up emojis with glee and they will get smiley faces in return. Um, and yeah, please uh, do listen again. Thank you so much for your time and for listening. And please send us any comments, uh, concerns, and or suggestions of how we can make this better or topics that you'd like us to uh, chat on uh, in the future. Really appreciate any feedback. So, Stephen, once again, I'm going to do our little tagline, but uh, if no one is above the law, then everyone is beneath it.